Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello and welcome. Glad you're here. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com. And I think we're live and good. So let's do it. Uh, YouTube's software and my uh, streaming software, we're having a little trouble talking, but I, I think we got it synced up. So here we are. Punchy Paints got a commercial just for you, Punchy, specifically for you. Targeted that algorithm works hard. You got to appreciate that commercial. <laughs> um, anyway, let's get right into it. So we have an amazing giveaway today. And I'll get to that in a moment. But before we do that, I want to give my weekly shipping report. So as far as I know, everything that has been sent out since last we met last week has arrived alive um, with two little caveats. One is there were three boxes this week that were delayed. So they're stuck in, um, is it Memphis, Tennessee or Louisville, Kentucky? I think it's Louisville where these ones go. And I can't remember where UPS goes and where FedEx goes, but it's Louisville or Memphis. I think it's Louisville, Kentucky. And so for you three customers who are waiting on your package, I'm so sorry. I, I wish there was something I could do. I'm as frustrated as you are. They should arrive tomorrow. If there's any problems, please let me know. I do pack for the long haul, so even if they're late, um, they should be just fine, but, but let me know if there's any problems. And I understand when you take work off or you, you set up your whole day just to be able to receive fish and they don't arrive, I feel the pain. Um, I'm with you. I wish I could do something about it, but once they're in UPS's hands, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's out of nothing I can do, except for to say that this is very rare. Um, I think this brings up to three boxes all at once, so that's kind of a big deal. I think this brings us up to nine or ten boxes delayed for the entire year of 2020. So I'm not sure if it's a weather thing, like where they're going, if there was some stop where the weather was iffy and so they held them or I who knows, but I'm sorry. Let me know if there's any problems. If there are, reach out to me, dan at dansfish.com, and I will take care of you. So that's caveat number one. Caveat number two is a very rare kind of rice fish called Arisius matinensis. Um, comes from, I think, a single lake in Sulawesi in Indonesia. They're very hard to get. I got a group of wild ones in... Uh, this summer and got another group in oh, a month and a half, two months ago, something like that. And I have held on to them and not listed them for sale yet because the Matanensis, they, they were okay, but they'd have this little kind of white sheen on them. And I didn't, I was like, I think this is something that maybe came in from the wild where they were caught. So I took a long time and I medicated them and stuff, but uh, what, what happened is basically three or four weeks ago, it cleared up and, and it was never anything that was like a massive fungus attack or anything. It's just this kind of little, little sheen. It wasn't like a, a massive thing. And I don't know if the medicines did anything. I think it was just time and, and clean water and lack of stress that did it. But as of three, four weeks ago, um, it, it appeared that they had been all cleared up. And so since they had been cleared up for several weeks, I thought, okay, they're ready for sale. And so I listed them. And unfortunately, the um, person that bought them got them and 
I got some other stuff too, but uh, sent me an email, said everyone came on time and alive and everything was fine. But one of the strains of rice fish has kind of this, this white on it. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, the stress of shipping must have exacerbated it. So it popped back in. So I had thought it was all cleared up and that they were good to go. But when they arrived, the stress of shipping had, had made it manifest again. So I want to apologize to that customer. Uh, I already have three email and stuff, but um, the odds are, I think it's probably not like a massive thing. If he's seen what I was seeing, it's probably not a massive thing. And I think that just with some clear water and settling in, it'll probably clean water and settling in. It'll probably go away. But uh, there's things like that, just like uh, stuff that you and I carry and, and we're fine. And then we get in a stressful situation. We get a cold, you know, it's the same kind of thing. So I'm hoping they do fine. If they don't, of course, I'll take care of them. But I'm kind of waiting on the result of that before I can claim victory or not of the fish uh, doing okay. So that's where we're at this week. So first time in, I think it's been over a month, if I remember right, that we've had any kind of, uh, not DOAs, but issue that I can remember with an illness or something in shipping that concerns me. So, <clears throat> so that's the shipment report. It's kind of in limbo. The shipment report is, uh, <laughs> is to be determined. Um, Marion says, can you bring up a picture of the rice fish? Sure. I'll do that right now. Aurizius. Okay. Well, while I'm doing it, I'll bring up another one. Okay, so here's the rice fish we're talking about. This is Aurizius matanensis. Um, really a cool looking fish, has a bright blue eye, which never shows up in the pictures, has neat body markings. And um, this is a decent picture of a nice settled in one with the darker margin on the fins and things. And they get pretty big, two inches, maybe two and a quarter when they're full, full grown, but you know, inch and a half, two inches. So for a rice fish, they're good sized. So this is the one that has developed some, some issues. The other wild type that I have and have sent, it appears to be doing fine for everyone and never had the problem to begin with. So I'm not surprised is this, this is profunda cola comes from a different lake. And the big difference between the two species is Profundicola develops this yellow margin on the fins. And you can't really see it here, but there's kind of a black margin on, on the interior side of the yellow margin. Let's see if there's a better picture. That's a decent picture, I suppose. And, and the males get the filaments on the fins. At least I, I think a lot of them have filaments, so maybe the males get larger filaments. I'm not quite sure exactly. There's very little literature, literature on, sorry, on those fish. So I'm guessing a little bit when it comes to sexing them. But those are the ones. So those are the rice fish that I'm, I'm a little worried about. So we'll see. I'll let you know how it goes. Um, and then I can know what my ratio is for the year of fish arriving alive and doing well versus fish uh, DOA or having a problem and dying a little later. So, so far we're pretty good, 99.62%. It's actually probably better than that because I calculated that number a while ago and we've had several weeks with no losses that I'm aware of. So uh, it might be even slightly better. So, yep. <laughs> okay. 
I want to jump right into the giveaway. This is a special one, I think, because this is from a legitimate company. This is a company that I've looked up to for a long time and I think does a good job and is really here to help the hobby. And the giveaway is from Scott at Tannin Aquatics. This is a place, Tannin Aquatics is a place you can go uh, to get botanicals. So we all know about Indian almond leaves and alder cones, but there's all kinds of other stuff out there. So this company specializes in getting you botanicals so you can have, you know, the right kind of naturalish. I, I say naturalish because a fish in a glass box is never natural, right? But if you want to put botanicals in the water so that a fish from a black water environment feels at home and gets the humic substances and, and tannins and stuff, um, in their water that they would normally get naturally in their natural habitat, then this website is a great place to go. And this is what they're giving away. It's the Enigma Explorer Pack. It's worth 60 bucks. You can read all about it. I will put a link here down in the chat. I'm stepping on Candy's toes a little bit, which probably means that I'll do it totally wrong. Yep. I don't think that worked. <laughs> Did it? Oh, wait. Maybe it worked. Let me click that link and see if it takes me there. Oh, yeah, it's working. Okay, good. So the link does work. And um, the other thing I really like about Scott over at Tannin Aquatics is Scott does a regular podcast. They're short and sweet, but they're full of real knowledge um, coming from someone who's a real specialist. So if you like fish podcasts, then check out the one from uh, Tannin Aquatics. I believe it's called The Tint the tint, T-I-N-T, -T, like a tinted window, right? So I, I want to thank them for, for providing this giveaway for tonight. And for us, that's, that's kind of a cool deal because up till now, I don't think we've ever had a company step in and say like, yeah, we'll do this. It's always been among us chickens, right? Just, just us fellow hobbyists. So that was pretty cool. Um, and I, I do want to mention a special thank you to Great Plains Aquatics, Michael Wentworth from Great Plains Aquatics for kind of setting this up. So without Michael, this, this would not have happened. So thanks again, Michael. And if you want more Michael action, then check out the Get Gills Facebook group. He, he basically runs that group. And so uh, you can get a hold of him there very easily. All right. Oh, I should mention how you could win the giveaway. That would be good. So if you want to win that uh, pack of botanicals from Tannin Aquatics, then enter hashtag Tannin Aquatics. No spaces or anything, just hashtag Tannin Aquatics. And that will get you entered into the giveaway that we'll do a little later tonight. So, um... Yeah, hopefully that's not too long, but I, I thought it was appropriate since they're a company just to make the company name the hashtag, help them out a little bit, right? Okay, with that, I've got something that I think is really, really cool. I, today, want to clean out my old order stack. This right here is the stack of orders since... April. This represents $100,000 of orders since April, which is a cool milestone for dancefish.com. 
So I just want to thank everyone who's been a customer or has been supportive in any way. Um, thanks so much for helping us on this journey, reaching $100,000 in sales. Uh, roughly, it's right there, basically. Um, is quite a milestone for us and makes me think this is actually going to work <laughs> as a business. And, it, and today I had a meeting with um, a, a, a lawyer who's helping set up an investment agreement um, with a, a major player uh, in the company. And uh, it was very helpful to be able to walk in and show them, look, Last year, we only did 68, 69,000, something like that. And this year today, we've already done 100,000. And um, we uh, we didn't even really do many sales the first three months of the year with uh, the construction of the annex and COVID and all these weird things that happened, right? So first three, four months, it was slim pickings. But since April, we've done a lot a lot of business. So I just want to thank everybody. That's so exciting. That's such a huge milestone. And uh, we're rolling it back into the company. I'm still on ramen wages. I, I don't pay myself hardly anything. This is all about pushing for the future right now. So almost everything is going right back into the company. Um, if you knew what I paid myself, you'd wonder how I survive. <laughs> it's, it's not much. <laughs> so anyway, thanks, everybody. Very, very much appreciated. Everyone that's helped. Some people in huge ways. Um, my mods that show up every week and just make this stream work, that ends up being a huge help to the business. Besides just a fun live stream and, and me being able to hang out with fellow fish geeks, because that's not an opportunity I get much here out in out in Wyoming. There just aren't that many here in town, right? It's a small place. But, you know, getting to meet with you guys is awesome. But besides that, just having a nice live stream helps the business grow. It's good exposure, right? It, it helps us as if we were in a store together, a local mom and pop. We aren't, and, and we can't be because we live so far apart. But it's, it's kind of that, it's as good as it gets, I think. Um, if you can't go into a reliable mom and pop, then, then this is probably as good an interaction as we're going to have. So anyway, my mods, everyone that's invested in the company to help us grow and get to the point where we can <clears throat> make this warehouse build work and really do this at scale. Um, everyone that just shared the news with their friends or other fish geeks that I'm doing this and that has had, you know, bought from us and been like, hey, this is good and shared the word or done an unboxing video or whatever. Uh, this is a huge milestone. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And to my mods, the checks are in the mail. Um, <laughs> they know exactly what that means. Um, now, before we get to questions and comments, I have, I guess I have three more things. The first is Nigeria. So I uh, spoke with the exporter from Nigeria and they had talked to Delta Airlines earlier this week thinking, hey, is it time? And Delta said, come back Friday. So they're going to go back Friday and maybe Friday Delta will tell us when we can ship the fish or not. So we're in that thing of we're just waiting for Delta to say, okay, we can take them now. So hopefully that comes through. So it puts me in a weird situation because I'm like, okay, do I wait forever until we can do this? Or do I go ahead and uh, order something else in the off chance that Delta can't bring 
fish in for, in a month or two or until like a month or two or something. Um, or do I, you know, it's, it's that weird thing. Cause if I place a big order somewhere else and then Nigeria is like, they're coming. It's like, Oh, great. Where am I going to put these 90% off sale? Right. You gotta make some room. So, um, I'm not quite sure how to handle that, but that's where that is. Nigeria is a little bit in limbo right now, hoping to hear Friday or Saturday, probably the day after they meet at Delta, uh, with some news about a possible shipping date. Um, Apart from that, the, the warehouse build is going fine. Um, we're still working on getting the engineered plans finalized and that's in progress. I'm meeting with the engineer again uh, early next week to see where we're at and see how much more needs to go. And uh, we're, we're making good progress on that. So that's coming. The financing is all but secured for that to go forward. So we're, we're pretty much good to go. Um, if you are interested in investing in Dance Fish, we are building a large warehouse facility to scale up. And there's still some money to raise for that. Not a lot left, but some left. So you can reach out to me, Dan, at dancefish.com if you're interested, and I'll give you all the details. Um, the last thing before we get to your questions and comments is what is going to be released for sale this weekend? So got some more fish in a um, week and a half ago. And... Here's what we got in. We got in some more LeMay rice fish. These are white LeMays. So LeMay rice fish have all that glitter on them. Let me see if I can show you a picture for those that don't know. <clears throat> see if I can find a good LeMay. Here you go. So this is a normal right, white, white rice fish here. This is a LeMay rice fish with all those sparkles. This is a LeMay as well. See all those sparkles on it? So if you picture a white rice fish with a whole bunch of sparkles on it, that's, uh, that's what we have. We also have, um, we already have the orange LeMay for sale right now in the white Miyuki's. But along with the white um, LeMay's, we also have some, I guess... I don't want to call them koi because that, that designates a specific marking, but they're, they have white and orange on them, it's like blotches of orange and white kind of. So they're, I don't know, half white, half orange, maybe not that exact ratio, but a mix. So that's, a, that's another one that we have coming up. Um, we have some Ivansofts, some Pseudomugil Ivansofi, nice batch, good to go. Think they'll do great for you. We have cardinal tetras. I usually don't get cardinal tetras, but so many people have asked, and um, this will be an experiment. Uh, the reason I usually don't get them is I'm like, are people willing to pay six bucks a piece for a cardinal tetra? We'll find out. <laughs> so um, I, I will tell you though, if you ever have trouble getting good cardinal tetras, these are going to live for you. These are hardy. They come from a good source. They're uh, acclimated. They're not sickly. They're not skinny, nothing like that. So if cardinal tetras are a fish you've liked, but have always been afraid of or had trouble with, give them a whirl. I have a great guarantee on my fish and uh, I think they'll do good for you. So I think they're not huge or anything. They're still fairly small, but we'll see if we can move them at $6 a piece. And if we can, then maybe I'll get more cardinals in the future, but it's a little risky. 
Because let's face it, you can get Cardinal Tetras other places for cheaper than $6 each um, at that size. So, so we'll see. We'll see if uh, people are like, yeah, with the quarantine and, and the health of the fish and everything, if it's worth doing that. Red Lizard Catfish, great group. Fat bellies, been eating like little pigs. I think they'll do wonderful for people. Finally got some Melanotania parva in. So for those that have been waiting for parva, I know there's several of you. Yes, we have some in. Um, no, they're not big enough to sex. So if you <laughs> if there's a specific sex you need, uh, you'll have to get a group because I can't sex them. But they're doing great. Like that batch is amazing. Um, some hatchet fish, but they came in tiny like a quarter of an inch. So I think I'll give them another week or so. Um, they're eating fine and I think they're gonna do fine, but when they're that small, I get nervous. So I might hold them for a bit. Some more Pseudomugil luminatus, um, what is often called the Pasca blue eye in the hobby, although it's not Pascae, that's a different species, or um, red neon blue eye, or some of the common names. Uh, a bunch of pea puffers and they're doing fantastic. They're fat and sassy. Like none of them came in skinny. This batch, I didn't have to, I mean, I did normal like deworming and stuff, but I didn't have to like take an extra month to fatten them up. They came in good. So if you're looking for pea puffers, we have some pretty good ones. And then what I'm really excited about is some Australis. So we got Aphiosimian Australis, the chocolate form, and Aphiosimian Australis, the orange form. So... Let me show you what that is. For those that don't know, this will only take a second. I know most of you know what an Australi killifish is, but here they are. Here's the orange form. And then that's a very color. I, I don't feel comfortable with that because that's a lot of orange on the body. But something like this would be a chocolate Australi. Oh, yeah, here's a good picture. That's a very good picture of an Australi chocolate. So um, that's what we got that's going to be released uh, this weekend. Probably, I think I can get to it Friday, um, should be the day. So <clears throat> that's enough about me and the business and everything. Um, so we're about to get to your questions and comments. Before we do, I just want to thank Tannen Aquatics again for providing the big away, the big away, <laughs> providing the big away, the big giveaway for tonight, which is a cool pack. It's a Enigma Explorer pack of botanicals from Tannen Aquatics, a value of 60 bucks and then whatever shipping is on top of that, right? So good deal and really cool stuff for people that like biotope aquariums, blackwater tanks, all that. That's what we're going to call it from now on. The big away. <laughs> Giveaway. Biv. Give away. Biv away. The biv away. The big giveaway. Yeah. Um, and with that, let's get to your questions and comments. We have 208. <laughs> I said that and immediately dropped to 204. Now we're 203. I should stop talking about how many viewers we have because if I keep going, we'll be down to like five. Um, 204 concurrent viewers, it says at this minute. So that's pretty awesome. If you wouldn't mind taking a minute to like, subscribe, share, all that jazz that us YouTubers are always begging you to do, it'd be greatly appreciated. No pressure, but it always helps. With that, let me get to your questions and comments. I'm going to scroll up and see... I, I know chat jumps several times, so the first one I can actually see is from Jeffrey Watts. So it says, 
Dance fish don't think it speaks it into existence. It will work. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's the first one I could see in Garen saying congratulations, probably on the 100K that we've done so far this year. So um, if you left a question or comment before that, then please leave it again because there's no way YouTube will let me get up to see it. Just one more fish with Josh. Finally, my quest is finished. Josh is now going to die a happy man. He's going to go into the woods, build a log cabin, and live off-grid as a hermit because his quest is finished. I found a great deal on a group of Guinea strain clown killie. Oh, good. Any advice on this new adventure? Um, kind of. I've kept and bred clown killies for years, and then I moved to Wyoming, and I can't keep them alive for the life of me. Not in my water here, and I don't know why. But the best way I found to raise clown killies was, okay, so if you want to raise a fair number of babies, get a fairly large tank. You're like, clown killies, they can go in like a tiny little five gallon. Yeah, get a 20 long. Lots of floating plants. Water Sprite is amazing, but some kind of floating plants with lots of long rootlets coming down. So it's not just like duckweed, just not on the top, but on the top and down. So the fry can really get in the roots, in the leaves and stuff and hide. Frogbit might be a good one as well. Um, different options, but some kind of floating cover. That should be over about three quarters of the top of the tank. And then something growing up under it too. Basically, you want a bunch of plants on three quarters of the tank and then leave a quarter free so you can feed there and everything and I would just put them in there and let it go that's what I would do you could feed infusoria you can feed paramecium that will increase your yield but there's going to be a lot of little stuff in there that the little babies can eat um, and if you squirt in baby brine shrimp every day the adults will love it the babies will eat it once they've grown a bit um, on infusoria or paramecium or whatever is in the tank. You might not have to, you'll have to get to know the tank. Um, if you're not getting many babies, then maybe try feeding infusoria or paramecium. But my, my guess is there's probably going to be enough life in there to get the babies through the first few days until they can eat brine shrimp. And I would just, I just let it rip. I just leave them in there. So that's what I would do. You could also pull mops and pull eggs and everything, but with annulatus, um, uh, the, the clown killie, Pseudepiplates annulatus, rocket killie, clown killie. Um, their eggs are so small and stuff that I didn't have as much art, luck artificially incubating them as I did just letting, letting it go in a more or less natural style tank. So hopefully that works. I'm so glad you found a nice pure strain killie. Um, hopefully they're hobbyist bred and raised. If they're from the wild, there can be some some serious uh, acclimation, TLC, quarantine, things like that needed. But um, if you're getting them from like a killie geek, geek that bred and raised them, you should be good to go. Yeah, that's that's my thoughts on those little guys. Did I just see KG Tropicals? KG Tropicals, it's so, John and or Lisa, it is so good to see you guys. I almost wore the Bubbles t-shirt on this live stream. And then I remembered... This camera, if I'm wearing a black, dark-colored shirt, it doesn't like it. It it, um, it compensates for the light weirdly and makes my head super shiny so I look even balder than normal. <laughs> so 
I, I was wearing Bubbles t-shirt earlier today and I had to take it off for the stream just because this color reacts better. Let me show you what I'm talking about. I know I've showed this a time or two, but for those that don't know what I'm talking about, see how shiny my head is right now? It's a little shiny. I'm a bald dude. I shine. I always have a bit of a halo, right? I'm just, that's the joy of being bald. But watch what happens when I put on something dark. See how much shinier my head is now? That's because on this darker background, the camera wants to compensate, so it makes my head shinier. Like, look at this. Oh, if I put my hands up, that helps. That darkens it a bit. Yeah, we'll just do the stream like this from now on. There we go, perfect. But yeah, see this? It's gonna, there we go. It's gonna be super shiny. Now watch what happens when I take this off and I have a lighter colored shirt on. There, it compensates back down. So that's why Bubbles couldn't get on the stream tonight. I'm sorry, but I did think of her. <laughs> or him, I suppose. Anyway, hope you guys are doing good. 100K since April is huge. Good for my friend. Hey, good for you, my friend. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm thrilled. And it just bodes well for the warehouse. Guys, this is the scariest thing I've ever done. Like, it's the most joyful thing besides having kids, getting married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about like business-wise, career-wise. It's, it's maybe the most joyful thing I've done. The festivals, the theater festivals, let's be honest, those are pretty cool. I worked with some amazing people, very creative time. So that was pretty joyful too. But, um, but it's scary because, you know, I, I quit a wonderful job to do this. Most of the people that I went to grad school with would have killed to have a tenured teaching job at a college. They would have killed for it. In fact, you usually can't get a job like a tenured professor job at a university in the theater field, unless someone literally dies or retires. That's when a space opens up. So people love those jobs. And um, it was really scary to kind of quit that cushy, highly desirable job and switch to this. But, but I had to, I, I am, um, it's just who I am. So I'm glad I did. And it's really nice that it's working out because it was terrifying. It still is. Now the terrifying part is, okay, now we're going from this thing that works right here and we're going to scale it up. And there's a million and one things that could go wrong in that process. And I've never scaled a company big before. So I'm learning all I can about it. I'm trying to bring people on board who are, can help me make that happen and all that. But, um, but it's still terrifying. Like I, I've got an investor who isn't a fish guy at all, who's by the time this is done, going to have hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in me and this company to scale it up because he believes in it and he's excited about it. Um, but that's terrifying. You know, it has to work because I can't, go back to this guy or any of the other investors. Um, there's, there's few investors that are in six figures and above. Um, I can't go back and be like, sorry, it didn't work out. You know, I, I, how do you do that? So, um, so it has to work. So there, Oh, it's so scary. So knowing that, uh, that it's going well and this year kind of proving out the annex and everything, 
it's just so gratifying. So thank you. Thank you, John and or Lisa, KG Tropicals. And uh, it was a huge relief to hit that milestone, to tell you the truth, because it, it gives me more hope for the, for the future. What we're trying to do is get big enough to make an impact in the industry. And that's a lot more than 100,000 or whatever we're going to do by the end of the year this year, right? That, that needs to be a much bigger number. So in order to fulfill our mission, which is change the narrative in the aquarium industry from, oh yeah, I, I had some fish, but they all died to, I love my aquarium. After work, it relaxes me. It gets me in touch with nature, even though maybe I live in the middle of New York City in a tiny apartment, you know, all these things. In order to, to change that narrative, we have to scale. So whether, I, whether it's scary or not, it's happening. And it's not like the fear paralyzes me. It, it kind of sharpens me, I think. Um, and gives me the energy and, and uh, verve, I guess, to just keep going. But no, oh, the whole thing's terrifying. <laughs> it's just terrifying. Punchy paints. This is very important. If you want to ask Dan a question, be sure to put at Dan's fish so he sees it. This right here, public service announcement, at symbol Dan's fish. It'll pop up, select it, and it'll highlight for me in orange so I can get to your question. Thank you, Punchy Paints, and the rest of the mobs. Mobs. <laughs> Wichita Falls Fishkeeper. That is an amazing milestone during COVID when businesses are going belly up. Congrats, Dan. Hey, thanks. Yeah, it's been amazing. You know, I do, I do wonder how many mom-and-pop brick-and-mortar shops went belly up during COVID and did that help me, my business being an online business? I like mom and pops. I don't want them to go out of business because I think they're kind of foundational for getting people in the hobby. And if you need black worms, you can't get them from me. Who are you going to get them from? Your mom and pop, right? Pretty much. So um, I do worry about the effect COVID is having in other sectors of the hobby, of the industry. But for me, if there has been an effect it's been increased sales. Um, once inventory was findable again, there were a few months there where you just couldn't get anything really. But once that kind of softened, then I, I think there's probably a lot of people in cities that are shut down or that are high risk, so they can't go out very much. And if you're stuck inside all day, your aquarium becomes an important part of your life. And I, I think that's probably helped sales actually this year. And my hope is that they get a good enough experience that, um, that they, they stay and they keep coming back. And the numbers say that's happening. But thanks, Wichita Falls. Oh, by the way, seeing Wichita Falls fish keepers comment there reminds me of an awesome, awesome presentation that I saw yesterday um, on the Greater Seattle Aquarium Society. Here it is. Randy Carey, can I do this without playing it? I just want to get the link to you guys. Um, did an amazing presentation. Uh, how do I share it? I guess I have to click it. Let me turn off. Turn off. Okay, good. Now I can share it. Did an amazing presentation at the Greater Seattle Aquarium Society yesterday on breeding the egg scatterers. So these are tetras and barbs and kerosens and cyprinids and, and lots of lots of fish that we all know and love. 
he did an amazing presentation on it. So if you're into egg scatterers, you want to find out how to breed tetras or barbs and then also raise them successfully, then uh, it's a great presentation. Even if you don't, if you're into like learning about how fish reproduce and ecology and stuff like that, it's a pretty cool presentation. So um, Wichita made me think of that because he turned me on to a, a catfish uh, live stream a while ago from a different, from Massey. <laughs> B.A. What, Mr. T? Bad attitude. I've never ordered fish online. Any worries ordering from a place with 7 pH and minus 7.8? Any extra precautions to take with acclimating? No. Fish actually do better when they go from softer water to harder water in a shipping situation. My guess is, and I, I don't have the water parameters in front of me, but in general, if there is 7 pH and you're 7.8, you probably, probably have harder water than the place you're ordering from. So it's actually going to be a benefit if the fish go from that and then you put them in your tank and you have harder water, that harder water is yeah, there's less osmotic stress and things like that that happen when fish go from softer water to harder water. If the opposite were true, you'd still be okay. But if it was an extreme case where it's like they're going from eight point, they're going from, um, I don't know, a really, really hard water to very, very soft water, that can be an issue. But soft water to hard water, I don't think that's ever an issue as long as that hard water is clean and um, the fish are taken care of. Yeah. So minerals and salts and things like that in the water, which, you know, help make it hard, actually help relieve osmotic stress that fish experience when they're just shipped. So I think you're actually in a good situation there. And, and by the way, salt, NaCl, right? Sodium chloride, normal old table salt, um, is one of the best things for fish because of that reason. So if you don't have plants in your tanks or you have a quarantine tank that's bare or whatever, and you're not going to kill plants by putting salt in the water, then adding salt to the tank actually really helps with this too, for the same reasons. Orange cones. Do we need to set up a GoFundMe for dance fish just to help with imports. <laughs> you know, I think I do have a GoFundMe set up. A long time ago, when I was first um, raising some funds, I think to build the annex, I think there was a GoFundMe set up. I haven't checked it in a long time, but there might be one. Um, but the GoFundMe is right here. This, this is my GoFundMe. You guys are funding me great. No complaints. No complaints at all. So it's more a question of right now being a small operation and having to import in large numbers. That's where it gets tricky. Like, do I do the Nigeria order or do I order somewhere else? I don't know. If I wait, maybe I don't have fish for a while. I don't have fish. I can't sell anything. There goes my GoFundMe. <laughs> if I do order and then the Nigeria order comes next week, where do I put everything? Oh, I can't wait for this warehouse. I'm going to have 508 aquariums in the warehouse, and it's going to help with this inventory situation so much. It's going to solve so many problems. It'll create other problems, but it'll solve a lot. Okay, W. Marion. 
Oh, well, I did see it. So that was to BA. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Hi, Dan says 44 mad guy fish and more. Well, hello, right back at you. Jeff Chambers, are the Cardinals tank raised or wild caught? They are tank raised. Yeah, they're not a Project Piaba fish. And that is something I will say. If you have access to healthy Project Piaba fish, I would actually encourage you to buy those instead of buying mine. I think that's a very important organization. Um, it preserves the rainforest. It preserves a lot of blackwater habitat. Um, around Manaus in Brazil. And so, well, it's outside of Manaus, I think. But anyway, it, it does a good thing. It helps people have sustainable lives without absolutely destroying the environment. And so um, I would encourage you to do that. However, I will say this. Wild-caught cardinals are going to take some TLC and stuff. So Get them from someone who's done that, who's fattened them up, who's got them used to aquarium conditions and all that. Um, so, yes, get Project Piaba fish before anything. I, I just think it helps in so many ways. But I wouldn't get, like, fresh from Brazil and plopped in a store's tanks. I wouldn't buy them then um, because it takes some know-how, unless you're – expert at doing that. Great. Go ahead. But it takes some know-how acclimating black water fish, um, especially when they're tiny, to aquarium life. Jaden V, I received the four similar quarries I ordered from Dan. They came in healthy and active. Very pleased with my order. I'm glad to hear that. Awesome. Yeah. That's what we try for. And that's what almost always happens. Um, and we'll see. Hopefully those uh, Arisius matanensis do fine, and I can report in the next couple weeks. Everything went well, but I do worry about them. Hiram Santiago, what are those turquoise ram fish behind you? Are they the new fish in that tank, or am I just noticing them? Those are electric blue acara um, from Kent. Kent Katz bred and raised those, and I bought a bunch from him. And I liked them so much that I put some in here. I put them in here... It's been a few weeks, but it hasn't been that long. So I'm not surprised you're just now noticing them. But they're the, I think they're the last bit. Man, I, I got to give myself a haircut soon. This green hair is just too big. Got to trim those plants. But I think the tank's where I want it. Um, what do you guys think? It's got good action on the bottom, a big school of skunk quarries. Once those skunk quarries finally get old enough that they, they pass away... I've probably got several more years with them, but once they do, I'm, I'll probably replace them with Equus. Um, and then I've got those golden torpedo barbs in there. I have the archer fish, um, a few sword tails, and the electric blue Akara, and, and still some steel blue uh, Apistos that breed in there regularly and are just part of the tank. I'll never be able to catch them out. So, um, yeah, I think... I think we're about done. I, I don't like a tank that's super crowded with a hodgepodge. I like more like larger numbers of fewer fish. So I think those blue Akara, the electric blue Akara, kind of rounded out. They, they swim in a way and have a, a color flash in there that was missing before. So hopefully you like them too.
Elysian AS, Scott from Tannen is a great guy. My club in Bucks, Bucks County, PA, was the first club that received a donation from the company. He continues to support us. That's awesome. Yeah. I've been very impressed with this podcast. Um, I can tell just from listening to the podcast that the guy knows stuff. And, um, you know, there's a lot of places on the internet and stuff when you're seeking information that it's hard to separate the, the wheat from the chaff, right? You don't know what is actual good information versus what is just lore or myth or you don't know where it's coming from or where it started or how the information uh, was founded. You know, is it just something that's been passed on over and over like an old wives tale or is it something that's grounded in a scientific paper from a peer reviewed study or something? Um, the tint, the podcast that Scott does, um, I can tell just from listening to it that that's a place I personally would trust to go to go for information. So I've been very impressed with him. So thanks, Alicia, for the shout out. And by the way, it's not like a, a big long term sponsorship we have set up or anything. It's just he's providing the giveaway tonight. Um, so uh, just so you know what the relationship is, I'm not going to be yelling yay for Tannen Aquatics forever because he's giving me a bunch of money or anything. It's, it's nothing like that. Garen throwing down $5. I've missed some super chats. Not much, not much, but here's something to help with the business. Oh, Garen, thank you. Five bucks is, is fine. It's a ton. <laughs> it's, it's five bucks is five bucks. Anyway, thanks so much for helping with the business. I appreciate it. Um, in like that old thing, tell your friends, that's <laughs> tell your friends, make unboxing videos, do all that stuff to help spread the word. Um, yeah. So many people have helped in so many ways and thanks for helping with $5. Kelly Foreman, follow your fish dreams for $4.99. I can now afford to do so. <laughs> Kelly, thanks so much for the super chat. I appreciate it. Nurse Beck is thrown down $19.99. Right back at you, Nurse Beckus. Oh wait, there. Yeah. Can't see it. There we go. Right back at you. Thanks so much. Sending the love. S, I'm waiting on Dan's fish stocks. Yeah. Well, okay, I can't see the future, but we don't plan on ever taking more investment. We're trying, we're a lean, mean kind of startup model. And so, but not in the way Silicon Valley does it, where it's like, let's raise tons of money and tons of money and tons of money and tons of money. And maybe one day we'll be worth something. It's not that model. It's let's raise what we need to get the warehouse rolling. And then once that's going, uh, the plan is to rely on the profits from the business for any future expansion. So we don't plan on doing stocks. We don't plan on being a, a big, like, traded public company or anything like that. But, um, but I can't see the future. Um, are there any fish billionaires? <laughs> like it's not really the plan. The plan is to be a good company, uh, that makes the industry better. That's our entire mission. Be a good place to work where people enjoy working and change fish keeping and how the industry works for the better. That's the plan. So stocks probably not, not going to happen. Now, in 10 years from now, when we're doing our IPO, <laughs> I will change my mind, but I, I don't see, I don't see fish company being that. Um, Sylvia R, 
Are those sick rice fish, those sick rice fish, are they from Lake Matano? Yes. And that's really warm, right? Yeah. So they're going to like it, say, in the, I wouldn't go um, below, say, the low 80s or so. How warm are you keeping them? Low 80s, about 82 degrees. Yeah. So Lake Matano is interesting. It's a warm lake. And it's, what is it? It's either hard water with a fairly low pH or a high pH with fairly soft water. I can't remember. It's got some interesting water parameters that you don't really find everywhere. If I remember right, I've researched a lot of habitats, but I do remember something funky about the water. Um, But yeah, they like it warm and I think they like it harder water if I remember right. But I'd have to look it up again. It's not a lot of information on that fish. So I did read some um, studies on the lake itself before I decided to purchase them. And I just have to look back at my notes. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. But so this is a trick. If you can't find information on a fish, but you can find where that fish is from, then likely there's been studies done on that body of water by some graduate student somewhere measuring something. And you can find these studies um, in PDF form online for free. And yeah, you can't find out about the fish, but you can find out about its habitat. You can find out a lot about its habitat, temperatures, hardness, pHs, things like that. Because those measurements are generally included, um, TSS, um, total suspended solids, um, you know, that's, that's included generally in the study because it's a baseline for the water parameters that they base the study on. So that's one trick if you're having trouble finding information about the fish. And I did that on Lake Matano, but I just I can't remember right off the top of my head what exactly it was. But I think it was, I think it was harder water. And I, I remember it was warmer for sure. That's why I made the tank uh, low 80s instead of mid 70s. Michael Wentworth, the main moderator at the Get Gills Facebook group. Thanks for the opportunity as always. Hey, thank you for making this opportunity happen. Michael Wentworth is the gentleman that helps set up this giveaway with Tannin Aquatics. So thank you. What's your favorite botanical? What's your favorite black water type fish? Hashtag breeding is pleasure. You know it. And Golazo. Um, my favorite botanical. So... The one I use the most is, is oak leaves, um, just because I can go outside and get them. So I take them, I dry them out, and um, they work really well for shrimp. They work really well for a lot of those species that want to hide in, in leaf litter. Talk about your pistos, talking about um, coolie loaches, love to hide under them, things like that. So it's the one I use the most, so I guess I'd call it my favorite. But it ain't great. The, the reason the stuff at Tannin Aquatics is probably going to do you better is oak leaves, once they get wet and they soak up the water, they get really mushy. They don't hold their shape. They're not like a thick leaf, right? So they kind of just create this layer, kind of compact layer on the bottom. They lose their roundness, their cubbies, their little holes in there. And if you aren't careful, you can get a stagnant layer under there and it's not very good. So one of the nice things about 
Latana Aquatics has, a lot of their stuff, it's more like hard seed pods. And sure, they've got leaves and stuff, but stuff that has structure to it and a strong enough structure that when it gets wet and waterlogged, it doesn't just turn into like a, a flat, compact, soggy mess. But oak leaves for me, and I, I don't use a lot of botanicals because I'm operating a flow-through system and I do major water changes. And um, 40%, 30 to 40%, depending on the tank, every day. So uh, tannins don't work well for me in a, a situation like that because they're just constantly changed out. Um, my favorite t- black water type fish. If I had to answer that, uh, it's hard to say a favorite, but the, is it the black morpho? Let me see if this is the one. Yeah, Weitzman eye. Um, hang on real quick. I'll, I'm going to share this fish with you guys. This is a fish I've always wanted to try and I've never tried it yet. This is, um, what is it? Pocilocherax Weitzmanai or the Black Morphotetra. Beautiful little fish. I have yet to try it. They're a cave spawner, which is interesting for a tetra. They actually lay eggs in a cave and, and guard the cave. Kind of think like a peacock gudgeon or a cichlid or something. And just an absolutely stunning little fish. I can get them. Um, but I haven't yet because the price and just fear of them not doing well um, in, in my setup. So I haven't kind of pulled the trigger on them. But one of these days I will. And that's one that I've had my eye on for many, many years. It's a nice blackwater species. So I'm going to go with that one. One day I'll keep that fish. Again, more Michael Wentworth. Do you have any firsthand experience using botanicals to increase your breeding success by introducing humic substances and providing a food source for fry as the botanicals decay? Yes, especially with shrimp. The only times I've ever been successful in raising large numbers of shrimp have been in tanks full of botanicals. Um, So not so much with fish. I've, let me think. I guess I would say incubating killifish eggs because it's basically damp peat moss, but I know that's not exactly what you're talking about. But I would say definitely with fish. I've done it less with um, um, with shrimp. I've done it less with fish because when I spawn fish, like mostly for most years, it was a lot of killifish, and I'd want to isolate and find the eggs because I was breeding in pretty large numbers. So those were generally bear tanks with a spawning mop or a little bowl of peat moss to spawn in, something like that. But with shrimp, for sure, I'm, I'm much more successful with shrimp than I am with botanicals than I am um, with anything else. Yeah. <laughs> KG Tropicals, I know what it's like to look balder. Yeah, in a few years, I'll finally catch up with John at KG Tropicals. Right now, my halo is only like half halo. One day, I'll be full halo. I'll be full John Halo. Merely avoiding says, my bedroom gets really cold at night, and I know it gets too cold for my honey grommy, but I'm scared to put a bigger heater in there. Should I just do it anyways or do something else? Okay. So if you're going to keep a honey grommy, you do need to keep it warm. So however you go about that is up to you. But if there's no way to keep the bedroom warm enough, then you got to heat it somehow. Um... 
trying to think if, you know, there are, I don't know how big of a tank or bowl or whatever it is that you have this in, but there are smaller heaters that you can use. I, I don't have a lot of experience with them. Just going to say that up front. But if you're worried about big heaters, there's small heaters that maybe go on the bottom, things like that, um, made for like bedables and stuff. There are very small heaters that you can use in aquariums too, like normal type heaters. But I don't, this is a hard one because I, I don't, there are no heaters that I'm really confident with, honestly. And in fact, there's no heaters that I know that anyone's really confident with. Um, my trick is always double thermostat them. So um, I'll, I'll have the heater, usually it has a thermostat on it, and I'll plug that into a thermostat. So if the heater's built-in thermostat goes out, it's put in check by the thermostat it's plugged into. And that's how paranoid about heaters I get. So I don't have a... If, does anyone here have a fairly small heater? I don't know what size the tank is. Let's let's call it 10 gallons. Let's guess. Um, small heater that you've had good success with that would do well for a 10-gallon heater in a fairly cold room. Let's say, I don't know, I'm going to go with 60 degrees at night. Let's, let's put those parameters out there, merely avoiding and see if we can find someone who has a suggestion for you. And then you can make a decision on that. Mary Page Flynn, can you keep different species of killifish together in a big community type aquarium? Sorry, that may have been a totally dumb question, but I got to start somewhere. It's not a dumb question. You can, and I wish more people would. Um, now, if they're closely related species, you're not going to be able to keep the fry or resell the fry because they're going to be hybrids and stuff, right? But um, yes, in fact, the way I like to keep killifish, my favorite way is large groups of single species. My second favorite way is uh, large groups of mixed species, for sure. Now, there's no reason not to do that, except for crossbreeding, if that's an issue. Um, but if you're just gonna keep a pretty aquarium to look at, a group of killifish, different kinds would be great. The reason killifish have got this reputation uh, that that wouldn't work is because Killy keepers generally have very small tanks and keep like one pair per tank or jar or shoebox or whatever they're keeping them in, right? So they've got this reputation for only being able to be kept in like pairs or trios or something. Not true at all. I find when I keep killifish, I'll put 100 killifish in a 75-gallon aquarium. Let's see here. What did I, like 100 um, Aphiosimian caliurum. Um, a hundred Epiplates, um, we don't know the species, but they were collected at Akayo. Um, what else? lots of different fish like that, that normally you would think, oh, I'll just put a pair in a little tank, lots of them together. No problems. In fact, they came out, they were bold. They weren't nearly as shy as when you just put two in a little tank. Um, so I think it's the way to go. The big caveat is first killifish jump like crazy, have a tight fitting lid. They will find the tiniest little, tiniest little hole and they'll find a way to jump through it. The second thing is you got to have appropriate sizes. So an Epiplates that's full grown will easily eat a small Aphiosimian australi. So assuming everything's the right size, then most of them I think you could mix together. Now, 
There are some extremely aggressive killifish, your pupfish, your flagfish, the Florida flagfish, your aphanius. Um, so there are some outliers there, but in general, what I keep Aphiosumian australi with a chromaphiosumian like a bivitatum or polyaci um, with, um, I don't know, name another aphiosumian striatum, something like that, and have like 12 each in a 55 gallon, maybe a few more species as well, totally. And I think that you'll see better behavior if you do that in more um, fish that are less stressed, honestly, than when you just keep them in a little tank and they're wondering, is there a predator? Is that's why no one's around? What's going on? Now, I know they're not a highly social fish. They're not a schooling fish. And besides some of the lamp eyes and stuff, not even a shoaling fish. But I found their behavior to be obviously less stressed um, in groups. Okay. Groups. The other thing is if you don't have a pair, but you have two pairs, then you got a problem because the two males will key in on each other and one will outdo the other and eventually it'll die. Often that happens. So it's kind of the cichlid rule where you get only one or two, you know, a pair or one or something, or you get a big group, but you don't just get like two or like two pairs or three pairs or something. You can, but what I'm trying to say is Larger groups, a lot less problems than you get in the smaller groups. So that's my thoughts on them. Not that killifish are as aggressive as cichlids at all, but it's the same kind of rules as far as spreading aggression. DC Kyle, hey, no shame in the hair head migration process. It's a sign of knowledge and maturity. <laughs> my dad used to say, God only made a few perfect heads. The rest he had to cover with hair. So I guess my head is getting more perfect with age. Just one more fish with Josh. When Dan's fish puts on the dark shirts. Yep. Oof. Priscilla MK brought YouTube back to live. Well, yeah, with the with the bald sheen. Absolutely. It's a miracle. Merely avoiding second question. I've been trying to hatch brine shrimp, but no matter what I do, they just won't hatch. Can you give me some variables to change and try to solve this? Give me one second. I'll go get my hatcher and show you all some stuff. Really, I'll, I'll be right, right back. Okay. I just spilled all over my lap. <laughs> ah, looks like I had an accident. So, okay. With hatching brine shrimp, I think the rule is kiss, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Get yourself some kind of hatcher that has a small bottom and a wider top. You can use an inverted uh, two liter pop bottle. I like these. I bought these from Gemco. They're a little pricey, this is like 45 bucks, but I've had this thing for, I don't know, 15 years, something like that. I have two of them. I've used them forever and they just keep working and working and working. Okay, so what I do is I take a, a spoon, like a normal cereal spoon, um, dip it 
in the can of brine shrimp eggs, put it in here. Then I take a heaping quarter cup of rock salt and I put it in here. Then I fill this with water up till yeah, about here. Lid goes on, air tube, air, rigid airline goes in and attaches to the airline to the pump, right? And you just let it bubble. Let it bubble for, uh, it can take 24 to 36 hours, depending on the temperature. I don't heat these. I don't light them. I don't do any of that. I don't add baking soda. When I was in places with super hard alkaline water, and now when I'm in super soft water, which can be acid sometimes, doesn't seem to matter at all. Just plain old tap water. Don't dechlorinate it. If you have chlorine in your water, no problem. Chloramine, I don't know. No experience with chloramines that I know of, but chlorine, not a problem. Let this go. When you want to see if they've hatched, turn off the air, say in 24 hours, you'll kind of notice a change in color, but turn off the air, set your timer. <laughs> Don't forget to do this. Set your timer for like four or five minutes. Then come back. If a bunch of stuff is settled to the bottom and a bunch of other stuff is floated to the top, they're ready. If not, if everything's kind of still in one place or the other or mixed up, it's not ready. Usually it'll be floating. It won't be on the bottom. So eggs that haven't hatched yet tend to float. Egg shells that have hatched tend to float. Baby brine shrimp that's hatched tends to sink. You'll get this weird stage in the middle, though, where the nauplii, the baby brine shrimp, have hatched, but they're still kind of connected to the shell. They're still kind of getting free of it. And then it's like all over. If you have a clear layer on the bottom and you have empty shells at the top, then you just turn this nozzle and it all comes out. Well, move this a bit so it doesn't plug the bottom. It all comes out, right? And that's it. I do that pretty much every day and have for, I don't know, a long, many, many years. And that works for me. So that's how I do it. I think... And I could be wrong. I don't have your water. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what temperature you have in the place you're doing it or any of that. But I think people generally overcomplicate it. So kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Just rock salt. And this is two liters, by the way. So in two liters, heaping, and it doesn't have to be exact at all. Um, heaping quarter cup of rock salt. A tablespoon, like a cereal spoon, right? Full of eggs and uh, let her rip. Now, in, they're in a fish room, so where they're at is probably going to be mid-70s to low-80s, just depending. But there's no light shining on them. There's no buffering in the water. There, there's none of that stuff. There's a lot of air, by the way. That thing's rolling. It's going. Don't be afraid. I mean, if you have so much air that the top can't stay on and water's shooting everywhere, that's probably not a good thing. But in general, it can, it can really go. So... That's, uh, that's my thoughts on it. When I harvest them, I put them in a, I don't have one right here I can grab, but I put them in a tray, like a plastic shoe tray with a good surface area. So there's only about half an inch to an inch of water in there in a wide surface area. That helps the baby stay alive. I put that in the fridge. It'll last three days, maybe. Now, the quicker you feed it, the more nutrition it has. As it goes, it goes through several molts, and every time it molts, it uses energy and uh, depletes the energy 
in its yolk sac, right, the, in its body. So if you feed it closer to when it hatched, it's got a lot more fat and a lot more nutrition in it for the fish. But baby brine shrimp's baby brine shrimp. You can feed it anytime as long as it's still kicking. Um, so those are my thoughts. I would just keep it super simple. Um, and maybe you're like, hey, I do exactly that and it's still not working. In that case, I, I don't know what to tell you. Not, not like over the distance without being there and actually seeing it and troubleshooting it, right? So hopefully that here helps merely avoiding. Um, Skipper's Aquarium, Mary Page Flynn. Can you keep a, oh, got it. Thank you for turning me on to that question, but I totally got it. Totally got it. Let's see here, 809. <laughs> reports of your death are over exaggerated yes <laughs> reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated <laughs> brian says how long ago did you quit and start sewing fish so that was my 40th birthday present to myself and i'm now 42 it's been it's been two years and a couple months all right John's Fish Room. Did anyone else have any problems with the Rio Nene Angels? Lost all six. Oh, no. No one has reported that. Um, John, can you tell me any more? When did you lose them? What What did you did you notice anything? How long did you have them before um, you noticed any problem or before you sometimes you don't see a problem. You just come in and they're gone. Right. Um, any information you could give me would be appreciated whether here or in an email either way is fine and anyone else here if anyone else bought any rio nene angelfish from me did you have any issues uh, this is the first issue i've heard about and geez i haven't had those for sale for a few months a couple months at least i think so um yeah i haven't heard anything but but let me know some stuff john uh, i would just be interested that can help me kind of figure if someone else says they had a problem, if everyone's having a problem at the same time, then what that might mean is that there was something in them and it just has a long latency period. Um, or it could be a free thing like a parameter in the tank that went off. But nope, no one else has reported an issue. I'm so sorry that you ended up losing yours, especially a, like such a neat, not to mention expensive angelfish like that. That's a bummer. Kids Aquatics, if interested, I can sponsor a couple giveaways tonight. Kids Aquatics throwing a 1999 and some giveaways. That sounds fun, Bob. Um, let me know what you got. Do you want to just text it to me? Because I'll be behind in chat forever. <laughs> but if you text it to me, Bob, I'll I'll see it quicker probably. Um, KP, I can almost see it. I see like the top half of the KP Super Chat Fox, but I can't read what it says. So hang on, I'm gonna try it. There we go. Oh, it doesn't say anything, just boom. All right, KP, thanks for being here. Thanks for the $2. Always appreciate it, never required, but it does make the wife super happy. Michael Meliere is the next chat I can see because chat jumped on me. So Michael says, as your business grows and you move into the new space, how do you plan to give 508 tanks the same extreme attention to detail you give now? That seems like a big part of your business. It's by hiring a great team. There's no way I can do it. But um, we'll be hiring 
I hope, a great team. Like, that's the plan. The, the, the employees are going to have to just be absolute fish nerds. And, um, and just not compromising on standards. And structuring how things are done in such a way that, uh, that there's multiple layers of accountability, basically. Is, is how that has to work. But Michael Melieri, that's one of the pieces of it that I'm, I wouldn't say I'm most nervous about that because I actually have some good ideas on how to make that happen that I've been bouncing back and forth with some partners. Um, how to make it so things don't lose touch and, and there's, like I said, multiple layers of accountability through the process. It's really about processes. It's about the team you hire and the process you instill. It's also about the culture too. Um, instilling that this is this is not a profit-driven business. The profits are important, but that can't be what drives it. It has to be the mission of the business that drives it. So there's some things we can do. There's a lot I don't know about that because I've never done this before this way. So we will know the proof will be in the pudding a year from now. Um, actually a year from now, we'll kind of just be up and running ish for a little while. So, uh, once we're up and going, uh, we'll, we'll know. Yeah. There's certain ways you can do it to make sure that the people are not out of touch, I guess. And I have so many ideas, but again, I have no experience. So, I'm kind of vetting them with people that do have experience and we're going to be trying lots of stuff and a lot of it won't work, but, but some of it will, and we'll keep that and keep trying other stuff. And eventually we'll get to the thing of, Oh, we thought this would work. It doesn't really. So now we're trying this. Oh, no, it doesn't work. Okay. Now we're trying this. Oh, that one worked, right? There's going to be a process for sure. The secret history living in your aquarium. I heard Seagrist is selling some Piaba fish now too. I, um, and also the brand new Brazilian redback list totally restructures sustainable fisheries method and collection of new species. Yeah. Um, so Seagrist has been selling Piaba for uh, years. Yeah. They've been a, they are like them or hate them. They've been a, they've worked really hard to find out how to support project Piaba. And, um, routinely see four or five piaba species on that list regularly so yeah okay <laughs> i've got to look up a word here <laughs> michael wentworth pulling a five dollar word how do you feel about alexonus input all right, let's go on a journey together. The definition of alechthonus. Other relating to rock, a coal formed elsewhere than in situ. Oh, octothonus. I said alechthonus. Octothonus. Gotcha. Biology of foreigner origin. So something that's introduced. That's interesting. So octothonus, I know that term. I haven't seen it in pff, forever, but I know that term from, um, from mythology, an octothenous myth, which is a myth about how, um, for example, was it the, 
there was one of the Greek city-states that their myth, I believe was a Greek city-state, was that uh, there was a dragon and someone killed the dragon, took the dragon's teeth, planted them in the soil, and then the civilization sprang up out of the seeds of the dragon's teeth. That's an autothenous myth. So it's about how did this civilization get to be in this place when they weren't always there, right? So you're talking about that in biology. Um, that's a very broad topic, Michael Wentworth. And I bet you're using it in a specific way that the hobby uses it in, but I don't know what that is. So I'm having trouble answering that because the way it's asked right now, it's very broad in my mind because I'm not sure what the specific meaning of octothenous is in, um, in the hobby. I've only heard that in the humanities. <coughs> Excuse me. But I'm, if you're asking about it, like in biology in the wild, then like introduction of species and stuff like that, that I think is a disastrous, but I don't think you're talking about that. Um, Fish Room Fever throwing down $99 of nitrogen as well as punchy paint. So anyone who has a sword plant and needs a root tab, I've got two for you right here. They are here, they are full of nitrogen, and they are ready to go. <laughs> Chewy LTD, Blackwater 4.0 to 8pH is what we had to deal with in the 70s. Yeah, so fish that were collected in Blackwater at 4.0 say a cardinal tetra and then landed in your 8.0 in canada yeah we had to prepare tanks with soft water at six ph and then gradually adapt them to lake calgary yeah of the rift valley i hear you yep thank goodness for ro machines right atrius kind 173173 are epistos easy to breed some are i think i think cockatoides is easy to breed i think mcmaster i think uh what hong's law Hongzloi, however you say that. Um, the ones that are very common in the hobby are generally fairly easy to breed. If you've never done it before, cockatoides, give it a whirl. Um, now, they won't breed when you want them to, and you could have some aggression issues and things like that, but general rules, the bigger the tank, the better. The more hiding places and caves and line of sight blocks, the better. Um, and it'll happen when they want it to happen. Epistos aren't something that you can set up like a pair of cherry barbs and say, I'm going to put you in the spawning tank and I know you'll breed tomorrow. You put them in the spawning tank and they might breed in tomorrow or it might be in a year. Yeah. But I think a cockatoides is pretty easy. Michael Wentworth, what aquarium-related podcast do you listen to? I love listening to Scott from Tannen, and The Tint is my go-to travel podcast. He has some great guests, too. Yeah, I like I like uh, The Tint. Um, I have to be honest with you. There's, there's none of them that hit it out of the park for me, to tell you the truth. Um, for information, I do like the Aquarius podcast. I like the guests that Randy has on, and there's some good information there. Um, and the difficulty there is just the audio quality because a lot of it's over the phone and stuff like that. And this is no shade on Randy. What are you going to do, right? If someone's calling and they have a choppy line or something, it can be an issue. But, but I still listen to them because the information's so good. Um, but I've yet to find a fish podcast. I think the tint as far as like production quality and information 
it might be my number one. Um, I have yet to find a podcast that production quality and information is is better than the tint. Um, the the aquarium guys, um, I don't know. I listened to several of them, and then charitably, I'll just say I haven't listened to them in a long time. And it's not one thing. It's just kind of like, eh, heard some things that that just made me question if there's any real information there I could trust. Um, the Aquarium Co-op podcast, I don't listen to because I listen to all the live streams, and it's the same thing. So, yeah, I would go with the tint as far as information and production quality. We are going to run out of time here soon. Um, so, Michael, I'm going to skip the next one just because I've got to get to some other folks here. So let me find see if I got a text from Bob about what he's going to add to the giveaway. <laughs> Dance Fish, that poor grad student. I've... I'm an eternal grad student. That's right. <laughs> Woo! Wowzer! Bob Kaler. That is amazing. So Bob is adding to the giveaway tonight. I'm going to do the Tannin Aquatics giveaway right now, and then I'll tell you what um, Bob's doing, and then we'll do his in a little bit. Fish Tank Barn throwing down a $1.49 and a piece of pie. I'm not Bob Steenflot. I'll go ahead and eat that pie and I'll enjoy it. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Okay, we're going to do the giveaway for Tannin Aquatics, which is once again for the Enigma Explorer Pack, $60 value plus whatever shipping is. Good deal. Um, I ranted earlier for a while about this company, how much I respect them. Um, botanicals and, and why you might be interested in them. So I'll let you rewind or rewatch to get to that rant. But the basic thing is great company, really knowledgeable, kind of doing it right. And uh, botanicals can take you up. If you've never tried it again, it kind of gets you to your next step in the journey. If you're keeping blackwater type fish. With that, the winner is Chevy Fish. Chevy Fish. That makes me happy. Chevy Fish has been a supporter for a long time. So Chevy Fish, congratulations. Out of 162 eligible entries, you have won. Been subscribed since October 16th, 2019 for over a year. Thank you, Chevy Fish. It's finally paying off. So you've got a little time to send us a message. Let us know that you are here. You're here. I knew you would be. Chevy Fish, would you email me? Dan at dansfish.com. I will send that on to Michael Wentworth, who is the point of contact to get the Tannin Aquatics uh, giveaway all taken care of. So just send me an email, Chevy Fish. And now with that... We're going to do a new one for Bob's giveaway, which is Go Bob Go. By the way, so to enter Bob's giveaway, the hashtag is Go Bob Go, and he's giving away two $50 gift certificates. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. So if you want a chance to win $50, or the gift certificates twice, go ahead and enter Go Bob Go in the uh, chat. And we'll do that pretty shortly because we are running out of time. Bob probably 
put that chat in like an hour ago and I'm just seeing it. <laughs> anyway, I want to thank Tannin Aquatics again for, uh, for providing the first giveaway for the night, uh, the advertised giveaway for the night and Michael Wentworth for setting that up and Bob for adding to the excitement. That's pretty awesome. All right, Garen, what do you, what fish do you recommend for a 10 gallon that is my garage and always stays 70, oh, 78 to 85 degrees? So that's a warm little tank. So here's the fish I would recommend. These, Aphanius Mento. Um, this is a gorgeous little, basically pup fish from the Middle East. It's a killifish. It stays pretty small, around an inch. I don't know, maybe they get an inch and a quarter, but I would say an inch. Absolutely stunning. Here's the females. Or that's actually subdominant male, it looks like. Hang on, let me find a female. Um, here's a female. Totally clear fins, that's, that's how you know. Um, these are amazing fish. They're active. The males are constantly displaying and they like it warm. So they will do great in that temperature range. Um, males are pretty feisty. So you wanna keep a fairly good number of them to kind of spread that aggression out. But that's a fish that I, when I think a warm tank that isn't too big, 10 gallons, that's a fish that I think would be worth going for. That's the one that pops in my head. Mike, oh wait, now I have to read this one. Michael Wentworth says, a local friend is keeping black morphos with some help from a few different botanicals from Scott at Tannin. He's had a few spawns. Yeah, so if I did black morphos, I would totally do some of those like seed pods and things to give them some little caves to hang out in. Yeah, that's awesome. Paul, hey Dan, I solved my pH problem, which was showing a 9.4 out of the tap. I, after I purchased an RO system, which I love, I'm glad that that's working for you. Yeah, 9.4, you're Lake Tanganyika right there. <laughs> Paul, that's great to hear. I figured out how to calibrate my pH meter, which, which I didn't know you needed to calibrate. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Paul had 9.4 pH, it was terrible. He bought an RO system, which luckily he likes because the problem was his meter wasn't calibrated. <laughs> so his pH wasn't actually 9.4. Oh, Paul, that's hilarious. Yep. Live and learn, right? In the aquarium world, that's what we call the school of hard knocks right there. Have you ever kept crabs? I want to try it. Not really. Um, I mean, some fiddler crabs in some stores I worked at, but I don't think they kept them very well. So I, I am not the person to ask about crabs. If anyone here has crabs, first... <laughs> tell your doctor. But after that, would you comment below so we can help out um, Atreus Kind, 173173. Yeah, I'm not the person to help with crabs. I'm crab free and I plan to keep it that way. Casey, I'm keeping white worms and glass worms cold in the fridge. Good. I'm running low. Is there any way to breed these worms? Yes. So white worms you need to keep in a fridge, but not as cold as a normal fridge. So get yourself a wine fridge and set it to, oh, geez, it's been so long. You'd have to Google it. I'm, I'm going to say 
I'm going to say 50, 55 degrees, or is it 60, 65? I can't remember. But a wine fridge, you can adjust to keep it the right temperature range for uh, white worms. Glass worms, I have no experience with, so I can't help you there. I feed frozen glass worms, but I've never, I mean, basically like clear mosquito larvae is what I think of as a glass worm. Never bred those or anything. Abolish aquatics. Would clown killy colony breed and not eat babies? Uh, too bad an implanted 20 along with coolie loaches. I haven't tried it. It might work. Um, hang on, the light just went out. <laughs> one day, one day I'll remember to change that timer to compensate for the latest daylight savings time change. Um, I don't know if the coolie loaches would eat a bunch of the um, annulatus eggs or not. I don't think they would eat too many of the babies, but they might eat the eggs. Okay, one more minute. BCFR Aquatics. I have a pair of Golden Wonder Killies in a 36-gallon tank. They did... They're doing the dance. Now what? Well, you can just let nature be and have some nice caviar and snacks for the rest of the community tank. Or you can take the plant or whatever they're spawning on out into another tank and raise them up with baby brine shrimp. Even a little like plastic container will get them started if you change the water um, frequently several times a day so they don't get, you know pollution in there. Um, or you can move all the fish out of the tank and just have the babies hatch there and raise them. So that's the real quick 30 second answer since we're, ah, since we're out of time. Sorry, folks, we have done it again. I've run out of time. I think I was only, you know, a year and a half behind in chat tonight. Not too bad, right, Candy? <laughs> so now we're going to do a couple giveaways courtesy of Kaler's Aquatics. If you have not been could someone link uh, Kayla's Aquatics channel? If you haven't been to Kayla's Aquatics channel lately, he's been making great strides. Um, lots of videos, lots of live streams, lots of milestones, um, watch time milestones, subscriber milestones, uh, all kinds of stuff happening there. So if you haven't been there in a while, check it out and listen to some whimsical fish rambling. If, you, if you're stressed, here's the thing about Kayla's Aquatics channel. If you're stressed and you like fish, just go listen to Bob Kaler for a little while. That, 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 that voice will just calm you right down. You'll, you'll be okay. Deep breaths and a little Kaler's Aquatics and you'll be just fine. Anyway, let's give this a whirl and the winner of the first $50 gift certificate is Merrick Tomchick. Merrick Tomchick. Would you let us know that you're here so we can, um, yeah, proclaim you a winner. How are we doing, by the way? Just curious. We've got 243, 45 viewers. Not too bad. Not too bad for this little channel. All right, Merrick, it's up to you, Merrick Tomschick, to let us know that you're here because you, the, the only thing is you do have to be present to win. That's it. No, no, you don't have to subscribe. You don't have to like. You don't have to get up and do a dance. All you have to do is enter by entering the hashtag and be here. You're here. Yeah. And you are $50 richer, my friend. Mirik Tomshik, thanks to Kayla's Aquatics, you've got $50 coming at you. Now, who is the second winner? Let us see. Let us see. By the way, Mirik, email me, dan at dancefish.com, and we'll get the details worked out. 
44 Mad Guy Fish and More. That's awesome. 44 Mad Guy Fish and More has been with us since January of 2019 as a subscriber. So it's nice that you're winning something, 44 Mad Guy. Um, let us know you're here as well for the uh, second $50. And while we're waiting, Bob Kaler, I can't thank you enough for everything you've done for me. Bob is an OG, one of my first customers ever, uh, one of my first viewers ever, a guy that's helped me out in so many ways, some of which you've seen, lots of super chats, lots of support, um, helps out lots of people in this community in different ways. But behind the scenes, Bob does a lot for me that you guys don't know about yet. You will someday, um, probably someday soon, but um, does lots of things to help people going. So, Bob, I just appreciate you. Um, and everything you're doing. Thank you so much. All right. 44 Mad Guy Fish and more. Congratulations. Send me an email. Dan at Dance Fish. I won the Bob Kaler $50 gift certificate and I will uh, get that taken care of. Well, thank you to Tannin Aquatics for sponsoring the main uh, or the advertised giveaway. And thanks to Kaler's Aquatics for making it even more exciting. All my mods, mwah, love you. Love you loads. Um, everyone that gave a super chat, thanks so much. Everyone that made a purchase and got us here... $100,000 so far this year. Thank you. This is a ton of orders. This is a ton of fish. That's that's amazing to me, and I really appreciate it. Um, everyone who left a comment, thanks for making it lively. All you lurkers, I'm with you. Hashtag Lurker Nation. Everyone watching the replay, I hope we can be with you live sometime. But until then, replays are what we got. Anyway, we'll be back at 7 p.m. Mountain Time next week on Wednesday. Until then, oh, wait, before I go, I got Bob crying. All right. Now I can go live as a hermit in the woods with uh, who was it? Yeah, because now my life is complete. <laughs> no, I'm just joking, Bob. I, I mean it sincerely. I really appreciate you, brother. Um, I want to I want to see if. Pam is going next. Thank you, Candy Overhaul. So if you want more fish talk, go to Punchy Paints for her live stream, which will start in 26 minutes, about nine o'clock. Until next time, have a good one, everyone. Thanks so much. And um, 